The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. The latest trends and hottest topics, love and sex, handled honestly and with passion. Here's Dr. Lori, CJAD 800. Trouble Tuesdays, the night I answer all of your questions. You can send them by text at 514-800. You can call in at 514-790-0800. And you can email them to me, uh, Lori at drlori.com. So I may be a little bit not so on the ball tonight. I feel a little loopy. Had got a bunch of vaccinations today, all in one shot. I hope it's not a bad thing. Uh, just getting ready to... Um, for a trip overseas and so I don't know I'm like sore everywhere and I'm feeling a tad loopy so forgive me on that and on another note I needed I want to give a shout out to Corey Loisel who uh, helped me today because I changed my phone which is another nightmare by the way when you change your phone uh, I upgraded uh, my phone was just dying on me and now I'm like I don't know how to get everything back and I'm all confused and Corey just took one call after another after he'd finished with me and so he was a a really good sport about it so thank you very much uh, Corey who works at the uh, Costco telephone center there Uh, do you have questions for me 514-800 to send them in Uh, Hello, Dr. Lori. Can you talk about delayed ejaculation? The reason I ask is that I was married for 37 years. My wife passed away and I have remarried. I spoke with my urologist and he told me that the problem I have with my new relationship is delayed ejaculation. So that's, I guess, the diagnosis he gave you. I am 60 and find it strange that I have this problem. So just, I would need to know a bit more. When we say delay, what do we mean? Are you ever able to ejaculate with intercourse? Are you able to ejaculate with certain types of sexual activity and not others? Does it ha is it just taking a long time? Uh, so as we get older, uh, That's one good thing for premature ejaculators, by the way, because as you get older, it takes longer uh, to climax. Um, And part of it, well, it it just does. That—that's the the delayed ejaculation is certainly a factor in in getting older, as is getting a a firm enough uh, erection. Sometimes uh, men notice that their erections are firm, like enough for penetration, but not as firm as they once were, and that's. That's just the aging male uh, body. So if it's just a question of it takes you longer than usual, then that would not really be a problem. If um, if you're nervous or worried and it's an anxiety thing, that could also, so there's, there's a psychological component to it as well. That's a possibility. Um, I also don't know how long you've been remarried, so that would tell me something as well. Like between your um, your first marriage and your second marriage, how much time was there? And what kind of sexual activity was there at the time? Uh, so I would want to know in which, which circumstances, is this like a global thing? 
uh, in every type of sexual activity or just with certain sexual activity. It's also possible that if if you're just talking about intercourse that you may not be getting um, enough stimulation. Like it, it's possible that you may feel less in your partner's vagina as well. So sometimes um, a vagina that has loosened, for example, with after having given birth many times and getting older and all of that, so that there's a laxity to the to the uh, to the vagina might also be a factor uh, for you. So it's a question of uh, figuring it out. Um, the problem is when you go to a urologist, and they're great; they can they can diagnose certain things, but they don't ask all those variables, all those questions to see exactly what uh, is going on. So if I knew, if I had all those questions answered, I would be able to tell you uh, how to uh, help you with that or what, what you could do or what your partner could do. So that's something that you can think about. You could also check it out if you want to check my book. It's the Sex Bible for People Over 50. There are chapters. There's a chapter in there on male sexuality, and delayed ejaculation is also uh, covered in that. Now, one person wrote, take Viagra. Viagra actually delays ejaculation. So there was a study done that showed that men with premature ejaculation who took Viagra were able to delay their ejaculation. They, they just extended the time. Uh, so I don't think that that's would work and I, there's no problem with erection. So he's not saying he has an erection problem. He's saying he has a, a delayed ejaculation problem. So an orgasm, uh, problem. Another text writes, I find it interesting that men want sex so much, yet once I was in a relationship, I wanted sex so frequently around my time of the month, and we were tipsy, but he got angry because he had to get up for work early. I understand that he made me feel so bad for being horny. Yet when the roles are reversed in another relationship, the man acted like a baby when I didn't have sex with him. So here you're talking about a double standard, actually. Uh, that's uh, very common, that guys should always want it, should always be ready for it, and that's just not true. And this is um, an issue we're going to discuss tomorrow evening. Tomorrow night I have the author of a book called Not Always in the Mood, The New Science of Men, Sex, and Relationships. So this is really apropos, your uh, your question for this. And, <clears throat> sorry, the author, Sarah Hunter-Murray, talks about all of these myths that we ascribe to men as if all men are like this. All men are ready to go. All men are horny all the time. All men want it all the time. It's not true, as is it's not true on the, the female side that uh, that women, all women have lower desire. I see a lot of couples where, the, where it's reversed, where the female has more desire than her partner. So it's not always the case yet when you ha hold on to that myth you um you get upset like you you get frustrated you think there's something wrong like what's wrong with you all all other men are this way and then you make your partner feel bad and and things like that not cool that he made you feel bad uh for uh, for being horny that's not uh i think then but you must have made him feel bad for not for saying no. So it, go, it plays both ways. It goes in, in two ways there. 
514-800. If you uh, have a question you want to text in, you can do that, or you can call in at 514-790-0800. Uh, hi, Dr. Lori. I was chatting with a few of my girlfriends. They openly admitted that they had let their uh, guys, their fellas, she writes, wear their undies during sex. They totally recommended it to me, and that and that the effect it would have would be well worth it. I'm definitely game, but just don't know the best approach to take with my guy. Please, can you offer any suggestions on how I go about getting my boyfriend to wear a pair of my panties? I'm going to let you sit with that one for uh, a few minutes. Think about it. What would you answer this person? And if what would you do if your girlfriend asked you, hey, would you wear my panties? Uh, it would turn me on. Would you wear her panties? Just want to get your thoughts on that, and then I'll give you mine. Your relationships on the line. Connect with Dr. Lori now. 514-790-0800. Passion. News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Trouble Tuesdays tonight on the program, 514-800. So this, uh, this young, this woman writes that she wants to know how does she ask her guy to wear her underwear, her, her panties, her knickers, whatever you want to call them. Uh, she says that her girlfriends uh, told her that they have let their partners wear their underwear during sex and that they recommended it to her um, that and that it would be a great effect. She doesn't say what kind of effect on him, on her. I have no idea. I just find this an interesting question and I'd love to hear some of your thoughts. So usually I, like I hear from men who ask to wear their ladies' panties rather than the other way around. So um, I'm wondering do you think this is something that would turn you on to see him wear your underwear? Uh, if that's the case, you can tell your partner exactly that. I think it would really turn me on if you wore a pair of my panties. And how would you feel about that? And it's perfectly okay if you don't feel comfortable doing so. Give him an out, of course. Um, and... Also, just because it's something that has turned on your friend does not mean it's going to have the same effect on you. It might even have the opposite effect. Uh, I guess you won't know unless you uh, you ask and try. Any thoughts on this? Uh, this uh, texter writes, I wish the word panty would disappear. I and my friends find it offensive. It infantilizes women and sounds cringeworthy. Just like for men, underwear is neutral and will do. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm with you on that one. I, I usually use the word underwear. I was just using that word that she was using. But underwear, women's underwear, thong, that's okay too. Um, yeah. Uh, your thoughts on that and other questions too, you can always uh, put in your two cents. So this texter writes, and here you can also respond to this, a man who doesn't groom himself does that mean his ungroomed private parts are smelly? What do you mean by groom? So it will really mean by what you mean by that. Does he, you mean he, he has a, 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 
like a, a beard that's not groomed or he um, you're talking about trimming a genital hair like pubic hair what do you mean by grooming if you mean if you look at somebody and they look like they haven't showered in days and they are smelly, like their body is smelly, you can assume their private parts might be smelly too, I would think. And this is why good hygiene is uh, is so important. Uh, so, And so many women will tell you this, like what is one thing they look for in, in guys or is hygiene, like good hygiene is important. And I think guys would say the same thing. Uh, a woman who doesn't look like she showered, he's going to have the same thought. Oh, it's not going to smell so good down there. I mean, that just makes sense unless that's something that would turn you on, which I'm sure there's a fetish for that or two. Uh, Texturized undergarments or intimates actually sounds even better. Oh, I like that. Intimates. Intimate apparel, we can say. Just too long, right? Uh, another text writes, I don't think that would turn me on at all. I don't know. I must be old fashioned. Whoa, whoa. You don't have to call yourself old fashioned just because wearing panties or seeing or underwear or intimates, your partner's intimate garment apparel, um, wouldn't turn you on. That doesn't make you old fashioned. I don't think this is a new thing personally. I, I don't know. Has anybody... Like this was interesting that she talked about this to several girl girlfriends who did this. I don't know anybody who's done that, but maybe they're just not sharing that. Have you? Uh, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Uh, Sean in RDP says a little. What do you mean a little? Oh, a little too gay for me. Well, it's not really gay. It's more cross dressing than or, or than or transvestism than gay. Uh, it has nothing to do with being gay, by the way. And I would rip my ladies' drawers. My <laughs> balls are big. <laughs> okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, by grooming, I mean don't take care of themselves and don't wash properly. Yeah, for sure. A person who doesn't wash properly, including especially if they're uncircumcised and they don't pull back the foreskin and clean themselves, just like women, if they don't clean in the folds of their uh, labia and all of that, could gather uh, uh, bacteria and smelly stuff. Absolutely. Good hygiene is very important. I, yeah, I don't get people who like I know some, I've met some people who have come to me complaining about their partners who don't shower, who like shower once a week and wear the same clothes. And like, I, I get it if you don't have access to showers, but in our modern living, most of us do have access to showers. I'm not, I don't want to judge people who can't or the homeless or people who just don't have access to that. But if you have access and you're not uh, practicing good hygiene. I, I wonder about that. Like, I, I'm not quite sure. I don't know if it's a, did, does somebody grow up like that? And so they continue that. I, I don't know. Maybe I, I know growing up, it was like at, when you're younger, it's like a fight to get your kids to take a bath or, or a shower. But I remember, I was not allowed to leave the house in the morning to go to school without a shower. Like it was, that's the rule. Every morning you take a shower. And I cannot 
like bypass my, that, that morning shower. I, that's, that's just me. And then other people maybe grew up having the nighttime showers and that's, that's fine. That's just another routine. So I, I'm just trying to think now, like, where does that come from for people who, who don't take care? Some people just don't care. I get it. Okay. Uh, I mean, I don't get it, but they, they don't care about that grooming, but then don't expect to, um, have a partner who may want to be sexual with you, I suppose. Those are just my thoughts on grooming. Hygiene, for me, I think you know, very, very important. And I think for most people would be very important. If if hygiene isn't important to you, I want to hear from you. And why isn't hygiene important to you? Um, I'm a 27-year-old male, working part-time and also participate in extracurricular activities. I also masturbate multiple times per day. Sometimes I'm late to work because of masturbation. Sometimes I miss out on events because I'd rather masturbate. I've recently noticed that I'm almost always tired and never feel like doing anything, including things that I'm supposed to be doing that may or may not have deadlines. Do you think that too much masturbation has something to do with this? Yep, I think it has something to do with this. When a a sexual activity, whatever that sexual activity is, takes over your life to the point of affecting your work or your relationships, it is a problem. However, the problem can be one of chicken or the egg because I'm not sure which came first. Some people who do spend a lot of time masturbating do it because it's a way to quiet the the anxiety sometimes or or their depression it it just serves to of like a, it's a way of avoiding real life like living in your in your own little world living in a fantasy world so sometimes anxiety depression or some other mental health issue may lead you to more uh masturbation as a as an avoidance or a coping uh mechanism so that would be the first thing I would look into is, is that happening with you? Because you talk about also your, um, there's, you know, you don't do, you don't feel like doing anything and that's a, a mental health, maybe a mental health issue, but it could also be because you're just too damn tired from all this masturbation. So you might want to look and uh, fill out a questionnaire to find out, is this a sex addiction? Is this something else? You can do a sort of uh, like a online test survey, whatever. Uh, just go to this website, uh, www.iitap.com, iitap.com, and you'll find some, some uh, like just a little quiz that will uh will help you uh figure out if that's something that's uh, that's going on with you also uh if you go to that site you can get a listing uh of all of the uh like the sex addictions therapists that have been like that are trained sex addictions therapists around the globe and i would really for you get like get help as soon as possible with this problem so it doesn't get more out of control because right now it's out of control, but maybe not to the nth degree. But it can. It can get worse. This kind of thing sometimes just uh, pick, picks up speed. So a couple of themes tonight, and I want to still get uh, your thoughts on this. I want to get your thoughts about the uh, this one situation where what would you say as a guy if your partner, your female partner, asked you to wear female underwear? 
what would your response be? Would you be okay with it? Would you do it just for kicks? Would you do it because your partner thought maybe it would turn her on? Would you take the risk? Um, is that something that you would do? And the second thing is how important, uh, in terms of, let, let's say a list of important characteristics or qualities or whatever is good hygiene for you. Where do you put that on your list? Is it in your top three, the top one, or lower on the list? So just an informal kind of survey. And of course, I keep answering your questions at 514-800 to text in, or you can call in at 514-790-0800. Coming up, a question from a gentleman who is having trouble Uh, penetrating his wife. That's coming up. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. It's sex out loud, and you're welcome to listen in. Passion on CJAD 800. Oh, we've got a, a few texts in response to hygiene here that's uh, one of the themes i've actually met several men who preferred a woman's natural unshowered underarm pubic and feet scent unfortunately uh dr petito as a gay man i dated a guy who had a fetish for man smells i could not go beyond a third date when i had to ask when was the last time he showered he confessed if i asked about this then we were not a match if I was offended, which I was, I, I would, bleh, no, uh, this text writes, good hygiene at a high level is very important. A smelly lover is a complete turnoff. I'm with you on that one. Uh, personal hygiene is unquestionably on top of my list. There you have it. All right, let's, uh, let me address this question because this is, um, I've seen this in my office uh, quite a number of times. So this texter writes, I have a problem penetrating my wife's vagina during our four years of marriage. She is still a virgin. So they're married four years. Wife is still a virgin. We are happy with our sex, but but sex without having any entering. Recently, we are so tired of this kind of sex and both of us looking for a way to solve this problem. Sometimes when she is ready for penetration, I face erectile dysfunction and sometimes she fears the penetration. I don't know what we should do. So that's quite a dilemma. I've actually worked with couples where they have very active sex lives. So they don't have penetration, but they have very, very satisfactory sex lives, very passionate. They do everything but penetration. And they end up coming to me usually because they want to have children and, you know, they need, they need the, the, the penis and vagina thing to have, to have kids. And so they finally, like finally face the issue and say, okay, we, we got to fix this. So it's not so uncommon, but it does sound like this is a case or a condition that's called uh, vaginismus. And basically that's when the uh, vaginal muscles involuntarily close up, like they contract uh, when there's any form of penetration that is attempted. This is usually due to a fear of pain during penetration So for many women, this is, they've been taught or been told 
that all kinds of stories I've heard, by the way, over the years, like it's going to rip you in two, like it's like a knife, uh, like just horror stories that some women have heard. And so they relive that in their brains, like thinking, oh my goodness, I, I, this is scary. And so any, any penetration becomes like off the table, including often women who have vaginismus do not uh, have trouble with fingers, tampons, uh, gynecological exams, that kind of thing. So my guess, and this is just a guess because I don't have all of the information, the erectile dysfunction you're experiencing might actually be in response to your fear of hurting your wife. So that may be uh, something that is going on. The best treatment for this for your wife is pelvic floor physiotherapy. I've talked about this. We have uh, uh, Laura Schaefer who's on our program regularly, who's a, a pelvic floor physiotherapist to, to explain how this works. But basically the, the therapist works on helping the woman basically stretch and control her vaginal muscle. And it starts very gently. It's not like she opens it up and there you go. It starts very, very gently. You want her to feel in control and you, she needs to understand how her body also works. And then you gradually, gradually work to uh, penetration with a penis. So once she's able to have some penetration, you start with um, inserting a finger. Then when that's comfortable, two fingers, then maybe a, um, a small dildo, uh, and you would begin with the smallest size. And when you feel comfortable, you move on to the next level, but your partner has to be super relaxed when these uh, exercises are going on and you have to use a lot of lubrication. So you may want to check with a gynecologist, first of all, just to confirm the diagnosis, although a pelvic floor physiotherapist could also confirm that diagnosis, uh, for you. It's psychological, although it, 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 it comes up, it manifests itself physically. It is a psycho psychological problem as is your erectile dysfunction, by the way, which is related to performance anxiety, but not really performance anxiety, but anxiety possibly of causing pain. So when she, if she flinches the minute you're, when you go close to entering, that's going to like, create a situation in you that's like, whoa, whoa, I don't want to hurt you. I love you. I don't want to hurt you. And so boom, your, your penis kind of, uh, reacts for you and, and says, okay, uh, it's a no go zone because you don't want to hurt your partner. So that's part of it. Um, you know, a lady came on CJ AD morning show the other day. She said we shower too often and that in our grandmother's time, they would have showered once a week. It's yuck for me too, but what did they do back then? Well, there's one thing, I get it, like if you've ever gone camping or you're in a place where there's you don't have access to too many showers, uh, you, we, well, I guess in those days, they would like do sponge baths, right? You take, uh, you'd want to wash your genitals, you'd want to wash your butt, I sp like you'd want to wash certain parts of you your face, like these are things that you would re would regularly take care of. The rest of your body, the rest of the skin on your body, your legs, your arms, your, your stomach, like they're not, they're not sweaty parts of you. Um, so, and, and if you notice in the winter time, we dry, like our skin gets super dry in this. So 
showering a lot dries out the skin. So if you're not going to shower, do a, in French, it's like une petite toilette. That's what my mother used to call it. Just faire une petite toilette. Uh, so, and, and that just means just washing the important parts, your underarms, the parts that sweat, the parts that are, um, that are prone to, to sweating and, and creating odors. So, but yeah, we have to think about that. What did they do back then? Quite, quite true. Uh, <laughs> Texter writes, in those days, they didn't practice oral sex. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. I've recently started having painful cramps after having, after an orgasm. Should I see a doctor given that I didn't used to have that? Google says it's normal. Oh, Dr. Google. But is it normal to suddenly start having that after effect? Look, and I'm always with anything that, that you feel physically that is consistent. So if it's hap- if it happens once in a while, it sounds like a, a, a uterine contraction, like something's happening in the uterus. Is it possible that you have a fibroid? Is it possible you have something else? It may not be anything to worry about, which I don't think it's anything to worry about. I mean, just from these little symptoms that you're saying, but I'm not a medical doctor, so I don't want to, um, pronounce myself on that. My, what I always think and believe and do myself and practice myself is when there's something that is different and is consistent. So if you're feeling something consistently over time, uh, then it's something that you should check out. There's, what does it cost you? It's your, a little bit of time, your Medicare card, go to the doctor, go see the gynecologist or your, uh, your family doctor and find out like, what could, what could it be? What could this be? And they may just, they may do an internal exam. They may, uh, do an ultrasound to see if there's any, any fibroids or anything in there that may be causing some of this, uh, some of this pain. That's what I would do. Uh, they do recommend a shower to shower every second day because your natural oil is better for your skin. Yeah, that's probably true. And your hair too. Not good to wash your hair every single day. Anyway, hygiene, more hygiene, uh, comments coming up and also answering a question about watching lesbian sex. Talk that's all inclusive. Passion with Dr. Lori. News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Tonight, uh, a little bit of a, a couple themes going on uh, wearing women's underwear and hygiene. And I just had a thought like, I'm watching, um, I watched Game of Thrones over the, the, the eight seasons or so, and now I'm watching it again. Uh, and I'm I'm getting more out of it now, but I'm kind of bingy watching it while I, while I do some work, uh, and talk about hygiene. You, they didn't shower. Like they look filthy, filthy oftentimes. Right. So, and there, and there's so much sex that goes on there. So much sex. The only people that were clean are the, the, uh, the prostitutes really in the bordels. That's it. But otherwise, everybody else looks pretty, uh, pretty nasty. 
my bewilderment is wondering how they managed to remove all of those constricting clothing layers back in the Victorian days, for instance, in order to bathe in the first place, not to mention the bathwater turning cold or losing their sexual desire by the time they were fully undressed. That's uh, quite true. If you watch Outlander, which I love too, and they're wearing all those period pieces too with all the the uh the corsets and undoing all this stuff they found ways they lifted up skirts and they i don't know uh, another text writes that all depends individuals carrying excess weight may also equally want to wash daily between arm leg and stomach skin folds as well well wherever you sweat so skin folds yes uh the folds in your genitals for sure um and here on wearing uh, women's uh, panties or underwear, wearing women's intimate apparel, that's the nicest way to say it, seems to be quite popular amongst many men, apparently. I certainly met my fair share, including those who were reluctant to admit the fact, but eventually did nonetheless, which means there may be more men enjoying this actual trend than are willing to admit the fact, perhaps for myself as a woman, it's a complete turnoff, as is women wearing manly-looking boy short underwear as well. You think this is a trend? Like, how did I not know this? I, I've got to ask, um, maybe I'll ask our millennial panel tomorrow night. Uh, we've got two guys on the panel. Let's see if they've worn women's intimate apparel or if they've ever been asked to wear women's intimate apparel and see. Is this a trend that nobody's... Just nobody's talking about. Don't you want now? I'm now I'm like really uh, curious. George writes talking about hygiene. I freaked out when I heard about the term smegma and what it means. Yeah, that's a pretty um, ugly word too, isn't it? Smegma. It's uh, all the stuff found in the folds in the inside the foreskin, which is why you want to retract. It's a natural lubricant, but it's what you want to retract and wash as well. Because if you don't retract and wash, you can get some uh, uh, nasty infections there too, and sometimes some fusion of the foreskin to the head of the penis and all of that. So it's important to teach little boys how to, uh, well, when they can retract their uh, their foreskin to retract and, and to wash there as well. I would like to know why do I watch lesbian sex when I know that I'm interested in males? I know that I'm not a lesbian, but then why do I watch it? Interesting question. Lesbian is one of those top viewed categories if you look at, and Pornhub anal, does analytics every year, Pornhub is the biggest porn site in the world with 100 million visits a day. And uh, in their last year's analytics, I, I believe it was last year, their lesbian was top viewed category, searched for by women uh, and more by women than any other. So much more than men search for lesbian porn, for example. Uh, so watching this type of porn or any kind of porn for that matter is most often purely for the purpose of fantasy. It is not a desire, necessarily a desire to act on this fantasy. It's a way that through fantasy, you can explore other forms of sexuality or a way to see acts that might appeal to you. 
For other women, it may be something that they would be open to, but maybe too shy to explore. So they just do it virtually instead, and and that's okay. Um, It's also possible that what's turning you on is the act of receiving oral sex, which is the primary way many women get climax from, and what's depicted in uh, in porn. In, In lesbian porn, there's far more time spent on that activity than on penetration, for example. There's also a lot more focus on other forms of foreplay, like breast stimulation. There's, uh, you may find that lesbian porn may be more intimate, or you may see that there's kind of more tender behaviors. All of that to say is that just because you enjoy watching lesbian porn does not make you a lesbian. And just to refer back to a study, and I don't have the exact, uh, I don't have not even the exact, I don't have the name of it, but it's one that I've cited uh, many times before, but they did a study where they attached guys and uh, and women to uh, plethysmographs and things to measure sexual arousal. So physically, not objective, not subjectively, but objectively. And they, uh, they showed uh, gay men, gay porn and straight porn. They showed gay women, uh, straight porn and gay porn, and they showed straight, uh, and gay women, uh, gay porn and straight porn. So they, they, they did all of that. And what they found was that the gay men were turned on by the gay porn, the straight men by the straight porn, um, or the female to female, but the women were, uh, aroused by every kind of porn. And not only that, they used a control thing where they had two animals going at it. And guess what? That too, uh, women responded to, but not men. Not that they're into bestiality, don't get me wrong. But just the any act can get women um, aroused, which I, I thought was a fabulously interesting, uh, interesting study. If you have any questions that you want me to answer uh, tomorrow, the next day, uh, then you can email me lori at drlaurie.com. L-A-U-R-I-E at D-R-L-A-U-R-I-E.com. Thank you so much for all of your texts tonight. Some really interesting comments on, on hygiene. Um, really interesting. Thanks to Brian Callisar, our technical producer. Uh, you can find me on social media at Dr. Lori Betito. My last name spelled B-E-T-I-T-O. Coming up next on CJD, it is the CTV National News. Have a wonderful rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion. Your